Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. I'm Craig and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories. In this episode I'm the illustrator and graphic designer Peter O'Toole. We cover some of the wide array of brands in kit launches he's worked on including Nike, Adidas and his hometown club Huddersfield Town. His work with Maber, a job from FIFA and we talk about the classic template it could have been for Ireland in Italia 90. You can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do subscribe and share. And above all, enjoy the podcast. Uh, okay, so hello, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm joined by Peter O'Toole. How are you doing, Peter? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad, thanks mate. Thanks a lot for making time, coming on. Anytime, anytime talking about football shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do we want to kick off and just tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm uh, an illustrator and graphic designer from Huddersfield in the north of England. And I work a lot within the football industry, um, not purely within the football industry, but quite a lot of it. And I kind of try and aim to work in that industry as well. So right. uh, it's a very keen interest and it has been for a, a long time nice nice so look, i recently came across your work with the the Maber relaunch so that's the spanish sports brand that produced a lot of the iconic la liga kits in the 80s and the 90s and um, yeah. how did that work kind of come about uh crazy really um i've got a friend uh, neil heard who did a book a few years ago called lover's guide to football shirts yeah yeah and I worked on that book with him actually and um, I did loads of illustrations for it and we've kind of been in touch since then on various bits and bats and he's you know we're always talking about projects we could work on together and I think they recently Maber have just uh, been bought by some new people I'm not 100% sure on who but um, they've got Neil in to kind of take over the creative direction Right. And so, yeah, me and me and Neil were talking. He's like, if you've got any ideas for it, um, give us a shout. And I've been doing like these retro football shirt prints 
probably started last January. Right, Just right. started doing it as a bit of fun, really. And it's basically in the old shoot magazines in the 80s, they had like uh, adverts for sports shops and they were like um, drawn guys like with their arms crossed yeah. like next to each other. It had like the home and away shirts for like uh, Tottenham, Chelsea, like all top teams back then. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it's like a proper nostalgia blast. And it's like, I bet, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit young. I was born in 85. So when them right. magazines, I think I actually got one off eBay the other day that was actually in 1985 with one of these adverts in. Okay. Like November 85. So um, I'd been a bit young for it. But if I were a kid back then, like looking at them, like as a Huddersfield Town fan, you'd like, oh, I wish, I wish they'd draw my kit. But obviously they're, yeah, they're yeah. on top of the first division then or whatever it was uh so i just thought it'd be cool you know like just just as a nostalgia trip to draw loads of vintage football shirts at anyway like i started off with like my favorite shirts from each club yeah uh but i found that like they sold more and they were more popular when i like hooked up with a fan from the club who knew more about it because obviously i don't know everything about every single club yeah and they told me which shirts they'd won cups in they'd won leagues in like some shirts that I were drawing might have been my favorite shirt because of the design, but they might have been relegated that season. So it doesn't <laughs> resonate with them as much as it does with me. So yeah. once I started hooking up with the fans and getting like the proper information, they, you know, they're going really well now. Um, so I just had this idea. I'm like, well, maybe I've done like loads. And they, they, obviously Barcelona, uh, Atletico Madrid, people like that and Porto. And I think they did Porto, but I hadn't even seen the Porto one. Right. But, you know, like Real Betis and stuff like that. And um, like I did loads of research and I pretty much found almost every shirt that they'd ever done right. through research. And I just said to Neil, like, why don't we, you know, do Mabers back catalogue? How would you kind of describe your artwork style, the kind of design you do? I've always kind of aimed at being like a vintage type illustration. Like I'm always working in four or five colours, keeping it limited and right. throw, throwing paper textures over the top, throwing a bit of wear and tear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got an email this week, actually. It's funny. It's not the first time that it's happened, but on these football shirt prints, I, I kind of put this bit of this wear and tear on it. Right. And some guy in German, Germany emailed me saying uh, he wants a refund because the surface damage to the print. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I knew it would come in. I'm like, send me photos. And he sent me photos. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's supposed to be there. Like if you look on on my website, the marks are the exact same marks that are on your print. So obviously there's lots of kind of like stuff you've done outside of football, but I thought we might focus on a few of your projects that you have done in football. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about kit launches. You seem to have done quite a few of those. So we start off with your like hometown club, like Umbro and Huddersfield Town. Um, yeah, yeah. How did all that stuff come about? Um, I started working with Huddersfield. Uh, I did. I tell you what, it was the season uh, that we went up. Actually, David Wagner was the uh, manager. Yeah, and there was just like a bit of a buzz around Huddersfield that they hadn't been for a while, and we, we were actually decent. We had players that were doing skills. Imagine that, like. <laughs> Casey Palmer and uh, Van La Parra and they, they were doing like step overs and that was like unseen in wow. like, for Huddersfield. So they were like that and we were getting loads of new signings and like foreign signings, which we hadn't really had a lot of before. Like yeah. We were getting a lot of German players, like obviously because Wagner's German. Um, 
So he would just bring in all these exciting new players, young players, and they were a buzz and we thought we could do something and kind of like motivated, motivated me a bit. And there was this like hashtag going around saying the, the Wagner revolution. Right. And I just, I just had a spark in my head and um, I just thought it'd be cool to draw David Wagner and some of the players in like old school Russian revolution style imagery. Yeah. Uh, and instead of like red and black, it'd be like blue and black. Um, so I did. And I, I had a mate in the, I shared a studio with a, another mate at the time, a guy called Charlie. And I said to him, I said, watch this now. I'm going to draw these today. I spent like a few hours on them. I literally said to him, I'm going to draw these today. And by the end of the week, I think this were on a Tuesday, by Friday, I'll be working with Huddersfield Town. <laughs> I said it as a joke and it happened. By Thursday, I was in the local paper with Sean Jarvis, who was like the head of merchandise, you know, whatever, for Huddersfield wow. Town. They're like, we, these, the artwork that I'd done, we put on these clap banners, like folded bits of paper that they smack on their hands. Right, that, um, right. You know, like for kids who can't clap loud enough or disabled people, they have these clap banners so everyone can kind of join in with the noise. Nice. A lot of people hate them, to be honest, but... <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was a game against Rotherham on a Tuesday night and all these like thousands of clap banners had been printed. And yeah, I, you know, I've been working with them ever since, doing wow. T-shirts and things. So, you know, it were a few years in and, and they said to me, oh, do you want to, um, do you fancy doing some artwork for the launch of the Away Kit? I think it might have been the first season Umbro came back. Okay. And um I said, yeah, totally. And then later on, they're like, well, we're launching it at the top of Emily Moore Mast, which is the highest man-made structure in England. It's just up the road from me. And, oh, right. Uh, I got to, it, it's not open to the public or anything. It's like an actual company that, that runs it. And um, got to go up there with Andy Booth, spend a day up there, could see York Minster from Huddersfield. It's crazy. Wow. So, yeah, I got to spend a day with a legend, proper sound guy as well. Nice. Uh, Talk to him about his Tottenham and Sheffield Wednesday days when he was playing up front with Paolo Di Canio and stuff. Wow. A bit surreal, really, because he's, I don't know what he's, how he's seen outside of Huddersfield, but he's, he's like the local legend uh, around these parts. Right, right. So it was, it was a bit of an honour to be able to spend some time with him. Perks of the job, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's, there are perks to the job, actually, and it's, uh, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. Meeting the heroes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, there's quite a few so other kit launches you've been involved with as well. So, there's been a few with Nike. So, like, some pretty random clubs here. I've got Maccabee Haifa, yeah. Ferenc Varos, Lech Poznan. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. That's mental. Like, why those particular clubs? Uh, probably, I think what they did for that season, they were uh, hiring illustrators. Like, the, if you've seen the artwork, it's like a floating um, shirt. Yeah, And then all the artworks around it. So every nightclub, no matter how big or small, had this as a template, but they were just getting different illustrators to uh, do the artwork around it. So it all looked different. Like, I mean, if you were getting into Milan um, or PSG yeah. or one of them big clubs, then probably getting paid a lot more money than what I got paid. But <laughs> I think I was like more down to the bottom of the list, like with Maccabi Hafer and uh, Ferenc Varos and stuff, because the lesser known teams, um, you might see them in Champions League now and again, but yeah, uh, like Lech Poznan, I think that's where Lewandowski started his career. Ah, right. But, um, you know, it were, yeah, it were cool. Like, I, I historically worked for Adidas for years, and right. um, that work 
you know, it kind of slowed down a bit and then Knight called and I thought it were a cool projects. Um, so I worked for them. When you get those, are you kind of sworn to secrecy? Because you must be, you must see what the kit looks like, right? So you can come up with your ideas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get I get a, I get to see a lot of stuff before it um, goes out to the public. Yeah, um, oh, but I have to sign non-disclosure agreements on pretty on anything like that, and it's not worth my hassle even like leaking anything <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? I did, you know, like it, it's quite an honour uh, and a privilege to be able to see stuff like that before uh, it goes out to the public. Yeah. So, you know, like I just I don't take it for granted. And do you get sent the shirts at the end of it all? Uh, I didn't on that particular occasion. Uh, but yeah, like uh, New, New England Revolution sent me their shirt. I've got that hung up next to me with wow. my name on the back and everything. And anytime someone sends me a shirt and they put stuff on the back, I always make sure the number is whatever year it was. So I think okay. that's like 818. Just so I'll never forget, you know, like in 30 years, you might forget what year you did that kit launching. Yeah. And he just says, oh, tool and 18. So I always think, right, that was 2018. So you mentioned as well, like we were talking off air as well about the, the New England Revolution stuff. So you did some artwork there. And then yeah. I've seen on your website that that actually got used on the Gillette Stadium in Foxborough in uh, Massachusetts as well. Yeah, that was a surprise. Like I didn't realise they were going to do that. And like we were saying, they share that stadium with New England Patriots and pretty sure uh, NFL is a lot bigger than MLS. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't assume that, like, they'd allow like the artwork to promote the f- the football or the soccer on yeah, yeah. the big stadium, unless it might have been off season NFL. I don't follow it, so I'm not sure. Right. But um, yeah, my friend who hooked me up with a job who works there at the time, he uh, he took a photo one day, and just sent it to me, and I was just like, wow. Wow, because it's like, it's like a thousand seat or something, can it? Yeah, it's huge, and it would just. I mean, I don't know how big. It, the artwork was like in real life, but it looked massive. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone wants to see that, that's on my website. So one of the other football projects I wanted to ask you about was the work Fifi did in the Johan Cruyff mural. Yeah, that was a funny one. Well, it wasn't funny for me. I was stressing. <laughs> so uh, that was through Mundial magazine, actually. Okay. Uh, I think it was through Mundial. Uh, Seb, who, who was one of the guys from Mundial, he, before he quit his job to do that full time, he worked at... Um, place called Pitch International and they make uh, documentaries for Sky Sports, like sporting documentaries. Right, right. And we'd worked on a few title screens. I think there was a documentary called Sporting Rivalries. Uh, We animated and drew all the title screens for that. So we'd we'd worked with them on a few different projects and I'm pretty sure it was through Pitch International And, and Seb rang me up and he said can you do some paintings of Johan Cruyff when he was a player at Ajax when he was doing his Cruyff turn and yeah. when he was a manager at Barcelona right. and I'm like yeah he's like can you do it all in a day and get filmed doing it Wow! and I'm like 100% honestly I haven't drawn anything in real life for <laughs> years because I'm digital now you know like it's just the way the market is like I can do I can, what, you know, I can do things that might take me by hand three days. I can do it in probably two hours on a computer. So like running a business, you've got to be realistic. Um, so I just bit the bullet and said, yes, even though I hadn't done anything like that for probably about 10 years. Wow. <laughs> so this guy, like, and it's pressure as well, because 
the directors coming up from London for the day specifically. They've hired in um, the film, the the videographer. They've hired him in. He's coming from somewhere else for the day. We have to get it done in that day. Yeah. Nothing can go wrong. And it's just pressures on. So I did it, and he filmed me doing it. And um, I don't know if that documentary is actually online. I have it, and it's basically about the like Johan Cruyff's career and there's me painting him and then cuts to Pep talking and then it cuts to his son Yardy Cruyff talking and all these absolute legends and then there's just me with a paintbrush like stressing out yeah stressing out mixed in in and amongst it so mate we'll talk a little bit about football now so you're a Huddersfield Town fan that's your local team yeah do you get down there much yeah yeah I'm a season ticket holder obviously we haven't been able to go down for uh few months because of this uh, lockdown crack but um yeah yeah i get down as much as i can when it's snowing on a tuesday night i'll be there <laughs> <laughs> what's, it, what's it like supporting huddersfield recently not that good but um <laughs> a few years ago it was the best thing ever um yeah. when we went up and then we won like his first game i, I can't remember it with three nil or three one against crystal palace oh wow it's, Steve Munoz got two. Uh, yeah, they were glory days. And then we stayed up. Like I was always like afraid that we'd go straight back down. I think everyone thought we would, and we ended up surviving. Yeah. When Departure scored that goal against Chelsea, um, we drew one one with Chelsea, and that that saved us that season. But there were a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I think with the, the way the club were being run, and a, a lot of the scouting that we we had done was lackluster and cost a lot of money and it's kind of we're still reeling from that to be honest and we've had a few managers since and the club's changed hands like the chairman sold it to someone else so okay yeah it's kind of like back to the old days now so we'll see how that goes <laughs> so what about the national team is that a big thing for you not really anymore I mean I never really I even sound like an idiot, but I never really supported England because my family's Irish. So we were brought up with Irish ideals. And although, yeah, I've like brought up in England and stuff, it were, I were always supporting Ireland over England. Really? I mean, yeah, if Ireland hardly ever got to a tournament, to be honest, except for the 90s. But um, like if England were against Ireland, I'd always be rooting for uh, Ireland personally. Okay. That's why it's kind of it's hard to swallow Jack Grealish and... Uh, Declan De- Rice. Declan Rice now, like, because they could have been our next generation. Or they should have been our next generation. Yeah, that's a tough one. I guess it's just how you feel, really, isn't it? It comes down to Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you've you got to think about your own career, haven't you? And um, if you want to play international football in tournaments, you're more liable to do that with England than you are with Ireland in this current climate. So yeah, yeah. you've got to do it, haven't you? Yeah, I'd probably do exactly the same if I'm honest. Which, <laughs> do you know what? I think I don't think my dad had ever talked to me if I turned out for England if I was good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, mate, what is it about football kits that you love? I think everything I love has something to do with nostalgia. It just like brings you back, doesn't it? Or like, especially with kits, it, even if it's nothing to do with your club, it's like, like recently I keep seeing the uh, the Black Man United Sharp View Cam kit. Oh yeah, and uh, I remember, you know, I remember when they were playing in that, and it just brings me back to that time. Even though yeah. I don't support Man United, I do actually like that shirt, but just really brings me back to like Cantona and whatever kid. And stuff yeah. like that, and I think every shirt has that kind of feel to it. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a nostalgia trip for me. Do you, do you remember what the first one you owned was? I do. I, I, I remember the first one that I actually went to buy, uh, but something's cropped up since then. I found an old photo uh, from pre that time where I'm rocking a, uh, a Portugal eighty-five, eighty-six away shirt. Wow. And it was a hand-me-down uh, from my mum's work friend's kids. Right. And I was rocking it in maybe, the photo's probably from maybe 91 or 92. So I'm right. probably about six or seven in the photo. Obviously, it came out in 84, 85. So it's probably gone through a few hand-me-downs since then. But yeah, um, it's very, I asked Neil, heard about it actually. And he said it's very hard to find. Oh. So yeah, that's probably technically my first shirt. But um my the first shirt that I went to buy, like I remember in Huddersfield, they had like a big JJB Sports, and you'd, you'd walk in, yeah. and on the left, on the left hand side was just a wall full of like all the Premier League shirts, and I'm, I'm talking like people like Norwich, not just like Man United, Chelsea, like really? it was glorious, like 
shirts, socks, shorts, everything. Not just the shirts like they do now, like they had yeah, yeah. the whole shebang. And um, I didn't support them or anything, but like I don't even know how I, into football I was at the time. I think we were just getting into it, me and my brother, who's two years younger than me. And my mum and dad brought us down and uh, they said, basically, you can pick a kit. So I got the Liverpool, let me have a look. I wrote it down so I didn't get it wrong. Liverpool 93, uh, full kit wanker. Wow. Not just the shirt. And my brother got the away version. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> yeah, well, Liverpool 93 was my first ever kit. Nice, mate. That's a good one. And did, did you have like a lot of them as a kid then? Yeah, yeah I didn't like go out and collect them or anything randomly never had a Huddersfield Town shirt as a kid uh, wow. but I, yeah I've got I, I wrote down a few that I had more towards like the late mid to late 90s so I had like uh, the Holland away shirt from 96 97 nice lotto yeah Barcelona 2000 oh no it, it was it was Nike the Holland one it might it might oh, have been right, 90, okay. 97 98 um, Barcelona 2000 I had the Arsenal away '95 um, lightning strike. Oh yeah, blue blue lightning strike. Dramberg designed that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely amazing. Have no idea why I got it, to be honest, because <laughs> I don't support Arsenal. Never did. I think I just liked it, and yeah. the old like Nike with the the Nike writing on it as well. Yeah, they brought yeah. back last season for a few of the third shirts and stuff. And I had the England goalkeeper shirt from 94. Do you know the same one that Van der Sar wore for Ajax? Yes. Like yellowy. Yeah. I had that. I've got photos of myself in that. And uh, Inter Milan third shirt from 99. Wow. Yellow. Pretty fair. But to be honest, I think, like, looking back now, I think uh, there was uh, an outlet that opened not far away in Castleford uh, right. in the late 90s, and it had a Nike outlet shop there. So I think we'd just go every now and again, and then there'd be some obscure shirts, and that. You know, I played a lot of football back then. Um, still do now, actually. It's kind of one of the reasons I still collect shirts. But, right. you know, I just, they'd be cheap. And my mum would say, yeah, you can have that or whatever. For the PE or whatever we were doing, playing football, training. Yeah. Um, so I think some of these, which I still have some of them as well. I mean, that Inter Milan shirt, I got that maybe, it came out in 99. I got it probably in 90, uh, maybe 2000. Yeah. And that's still like, three times too big for me now like <laughs> it's huge I was like 14 15 when I got that and it's massive on me now and I'm wow. 35 <laughs> so like what kind of stuff are you buying these days as an adult then I'm buying more uh, I do buy like modern ones like I bought Korea's training shirt that mad Nike one recently yeah yeah and I bought Huddersfield Town's third shirt I will buy like the odd shirts. Like if I see them in sale and I like them, like Club Americas, I bought like one of their shirts from a few seasons ago because I liked it, but I didn't fancy like buying it at the time because the shipping costs would be ridiculous. So I think yeah. like cl classic shirts had it in sale or something. So I got it for probably about 25 quid. And that's one of them that I've always wanted one. I probably prefer the Coca-Cola ones from the nineties, but I don't really want to spend 400 quid on a shirt. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, I want to actually wear and play football in them, so I'm not going to do that if I'm spending 400 quid on a shirt, you know. 100%, yeah. But yeah, I buy new, but I do buy buy vintage quite a bit as well. Right. Um, I've started kind of collecting, during lockdown, I started kind of collecting the old island shirts, so I've got quite a few of them. Yeah. And randomly bought like a Palmeiras one, 
because I've always liked the badge, you know, the massive the badge. Yeah, yeah, and I like green kits in general, to be honest, like like these bad boys as well. Yeah, so, that's Swolo you're wearing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a collector. I'm not a collector, I'm an accumulator. Okay. I just but, don't throw things out. Is it mainly like kind of like designs that you get into and that you like the look and feel of a kit or is there anything kind of specific about clubs or countries? Um, it can be a bit of both, to be honest. Like with the Ireland thing, it's just that era of Ireland shirts from 88 to like 2001 with the old badge and the older badge from the 80s. They're just like still design classics to me. And especially the 80s ones, all they are are just green shirts, but... It's the Opal sponsor that gets me every time, gets me in the feels. And like, it, it wasn't until years later that I realised that Opal sponsored like Monaco and uh, PSG and Bayern mm. Munich as well. I thought they were just like for Ireland. <laughs> I just think it's because it's, is it Vauxhall? But the European name for Vauxhall is Opal. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought that was like quite continental for the Irish. Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. Um, the way they fit now, like I love some of the old shirts, but I mean... I was listening to a few of your podcasts earlier on it, Cable, the the ones from the two thousands, which is massive, boxy, yeah, too big. They just look awful. Yeah. But the eighties ones were probably a bit too tight, and like now it's more of an athletic fit. Yeah, and yeah. I prefer that. So if you could do like the eighties kits on like the modern templates of, you know, like the technology that they use now and the materials, yeah. that's like the perf- perfect world for me. Do you think you'll ever get the chance to kind of design a kit yourself? You I've know, been trying to, I've been like dropping into Huddersfield for a while. I think <laughs> I'd get in with them at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I design my own anyway, just for laugh, but to actually do an official one. Yeah. It'd be great. I'd love to do like, they probably let me do a third kit. Like yeah. I'm hoping if you're listening town. Yeah. You know, I want to do it. Game <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I know it'd be mint as well. Some of their kits over the last few years have just been horrendous, but I get someone who knows how to do it to do it. I keep yeah. telling them, don't listen to me. But there's like the whole like throwback kind of vintage thing as well. It's like really in vogue, isn't it, with kits as well? So I think that kind of combined with your artwork. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of like fake ones going around now. Um, yeah. I noticed it with the island, which I'm not, to be honest, I'm not 100% mad at because again, like we talked about before, if I'm buying a, you know, Island 1990 away shirt, it's going to cost me 350 quid, or I could get it for 40 quid. It's almost bang on what the other one's like, but I can actually wear it and not kind of feel yeah. guilty about sweating in it, yeah. playing football and look cool. Then, you know, like I, I just wish Adidas had actually re released a few of the old ones. I know they've done like a few of their mashup shirts, like the Germany, Spain, Argentina yeah. mashup shirts a few years ago. They re-released some of the shorts and some of the shirts for the Euros, I think. But yeah, I yeah. just wish they'd go further back into the catalogue and do more obscure teams like Ireland and stuff yeah. like that. Because they, they'd sell out straight away. Like, I'll, I'll buy a fake shirt to play five-a-side in. But if Adidas did it, I'd always buy the Adidas one, you know? Exactly, yeah, with the old-school trefoil on it and stuff. Yeah, right. exactly. Because they'll never use the trefoil for current stuff because it's against the brand. The brand is the Adidas equipment logo now. So yeah. you'll never see the trefoil on a current shirt ever again yeah. unless they change ownership and decide to do it. But all the retro stuff and the Adidas original stuff will always have the trefoil on because it's the brand for that side of the company. So. Yeah. 
yeah, everyone's always wanting like that. Obviously, it's like when like you you become the president of America, you're always gonna ask like what's uh, what happened at Roswell and stuff like that. Like when I started <laughs> when I started working for Adidas, I asked when are you going to put the trefoil on the shirt? Why don't you put the trefoil on the shirt? And that's how it was described to me, which is understandable. Brands have to develop and they have to stick to the, what they're doing. And, you know, it's all about consistency, especially with a brand as big as Adidas. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's so well established. So yeah, exactly. We talked a lot about what you love about football shirts. Is there anything that you don't like about football shirts? Yeah. I made some notes on this as well. Ooh. Um, I don't like, it's kind of going away from it now, but I don't like um, the generic templates. Right. I know there's always been templates, but they were a bit more funky back in the day. Like yeah. that Nike, uh, Nike 95 away shirt, for instance, the Dramberg designed one with the, um, with the right lining strike and also the Dramberg, like Borussia Dortmund Eagle style yeah. shoulders. They were templates of them. Like I'll have templates of them all day, but, you know, like now it's just bland. Yeah. You know, like, like I said, last few years now, these patterns are coming back and it's kind of breaking it up a bit, but like big brands like Nike and Adidas are always sticking to set temp- templates and you just basically put your team's colors on it and that's it. And I know that for working with clubs that you don't get many options with Nike and Adidas with Puma, for instance, they'll let you have like maybe six different types of collar. Oh, wow. Um, you get you have a bit more options with them and I'm not sure what Umbro is saying about stuff at the moment but uh, it's kind of what I've picked up over the years from what people tell me from when I've been working with these guys yeah um some I know that Huddersfield went with Puma um one year because that was uh you know you had more options with the kits right you don't really have much of a say when you're with the big guys but you know it's the big guys and everyone wants to be sponsored by Nike and Adidas because the Nike and Adidas are there that's really interesting. So it almost like I think a few people have said this to me that you the club becomes part of the brand rather than the other way around. So the brand yeah, is Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a shame really. And I hope that the trend continues where they're kind of breaking out of that mold a bit because yeah. it just gentrifies everything and it looks boring. Yeah. You know, then Nike Nike will come out with that uh, Nigeria shirt that's just bonkers. Yeah. Like do more bonkers stuff. Like, you know, it's bland, like a lot of it's bland. So yeah, yeah. that's one thing I hate, I don't like about them. And also um, betting sponsors. Like I love a good sponsor. I love, um, I particularly love old school 80s technology sponsors. Like right. Hitachi or Panasonic. 64, yeah. Yeah, do you know like old school, big, thick, block letters yeah just like right in your face now like a lot of the logos i mean it's just the way designs developed over the years as well to be honest it's not just a font or a typeface uh anymore it's kind of like some of like full color and they just don't go with the shirts but betting sponsors i'm just sick of them like if you're banning guinness on a shirt if you're banning like strongbow on a shirt like yeah ban the betting sponsors as well yeah you know what I mean like why are they like on every shirt and I wouldn't mind but like 32 red must sponsor about 15 clubs in the championship it's just like boring you know what I mean give yeah. me like give me a Panasonic give me an Opal give me a Ben Shars yeah yeah exactly well you guys like Huddersfield got really lucky with the Paddy Power stuff recently didn't they yeah yeah we we 
got the betting sponsor, but we didn't actually have it on the shirt. Yeah. Um, they don't sponsor us now, but they did last season and they did the campaign as well, uh, yeah. which kind of were a bit, bit hit and miss. Like even me working for the club, I thought it was not a hoax at first. Really? Did, did you know what I'm talking about with the big... Yes, with the staff. Like a big staff. Yeah, yeah. Even me who were trying to get like inside info, there was part of me that thought, God, this is real. <laughs> they, they completely got me. Um, I remember I was actually in Ireland at the time at a pub when uh, my mate tweeted me that they just tweeted that it was a joke, and I was yeah. like, "Oh God!" It's like drag my pint of Guinness in one after that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's Paddy Power. You know, I, I kind of like Paddy Power's marketing. They're a bit different, but at the end of the day, they're still a betting company. And yeah, yeah. They didn't really affect the shirt because it wasn't on the shirt. The kind of whole unsponsoring thing was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, if you're banning. Um, beer advertisements, you've got a bad betting. You know, they're, yeah. both, they're all as bad as each other. Yeah. So look, I've got two questions I ask everybody on the podcast. The first one is, if you had to pick, and it can be past or present, who manufactures the best kits? Who's the best brand? It's, it's hard because every brand's had their ups and downs. Um, there's hardly any brands that have been thoroughly consistent. Right throughout i mean the 2000s for me was just off like the early <laughs> 2000s shirts i don't care what manufacturer you were they were just horrible yeah uh but i'd say like currently i'd say umbro smashing it last few seasons yeah. i really like where they're going uh but historically like overall i think it's got to be adidas uh they've just just timeless, like whatever era it is, whether it's just plain uh, Adidas templates with the stripes and then like the kind of different colored silky lines imprint, or whatever, you know, yeah. like the yeah, imprint, yeah, like the proper classic stuff. Or, and then, you know, the throwing out mad patterns in the late 80s and the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. I just think consistently Adidas have been up there. Um, and it's not like bias because I've I've done a lot of work with them. It's just it's just the truth. I mean, Maber did some absolutely amazing kits, but Maber haven't been around for twenty five years, so you can't say Maber. You can't say yeah. NR. They did some amazing kits, you know, but they're not they're not here as yeah, yeah. Well, they are, but they're not like back like they could be. So it's consistency over the years. They've just been up there for so long. Yeah, Adidas. It's just got to be Adidas. I mean, Knight came along. What did they do? Sunderland in '81 or something? Something weird um, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it, still technically a young brand at that point. And right. I think they did a few in America, a few of the like North American soccer league stuff. But um, yeah, Adidas have just been steamrolling, and they had so many teams. I mean, I think like now it's like quite pre prestigious to have uh, Adidas as a kit supplier. But back in the 80s, they were just supplying everyone. I think they just used to send them like blank templates, print your sponsor on, put your badge on, and that's it. I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they'll have done. It's, it's not like a big thing back yeah. then. Kits weren't as important as they are now. They didn't even sell replicas in anything other than kid sizes back then back you know like when they first started making replicas so it obviously they didn't see it as a market or anything yeah what a change incredible oh no it's insane it's insane how, how crazy like people can actually run businesses off selling old shirts now yeah. and i'm thoroughly 
behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the final question is, look, if you have to get rid of every single shirt from your collection and save only one of them, what shirt are you going to save? Uh, it's like asking like what your favourite song is. Um, <laughs> different. Different moves. Different, yeah, different moves, different occasions. I don't know. Like, um, I haven't got any that like particularly spark any mad crazy memories or I have any great you know memories in so I don't probably one of the island ones I quite like I've got this uh, orange one that was I think the away shirt in 98 99 right it's pretty bonkers I think they only wore it once uh, because island and orange don't go together right uh, for one, right? political reasons yeah yeah umbro color yeah yeah pretty yeah, mad larry umbro stuff yeah yeah <laughs> i liked all that stuff man i loved it like little details like little tags on like the collar little like plastic tags and then like yeah. tags at the bottom proper mad hologram stuff on them <laughs> at the time i didn't like them but looking back now i kind of love it <laughs> yeah 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 they went a bit mental in the 90s yeah yeah but i mean like if i could save any shirt in the world that i don't own it'd have to be Cork, 89, 90. Is this the Germany one? Yeah, because that was supposed to be Ireland's shirt. But Jack Charlton said no, because it was too much like Germany's shirt for World Cup Italia 90. So Jack Charlton turned it down. Cork were like, we'll have it. So yeah, he's got green, white and gold. Well, it ain't got green, it's like orange, green and white. Um, Mm. It's got Guinness. It's the Germany template. It's got the Adidas trefoil on it. It's like, Everything, everything you could possibly want in a shirt, Cork City have it, and it's so obscure. Yeah, uh, I think there were only about fifteen of the island ones made with the actual island badge on before Charlton rejected it. So I have no idea about that story. Yeah, there's a lot of fakes of them going around at the moment, but there are a few like legit ones that go for obviously good money. Uh, yeah. But I think there's only about fifteen from what I've heard. Um, wow. That obviously you try to get hold of the Cork one. Yeah. I mean, you could go around charity shops in Cork now, but I'm pretty sure they'll have been rinsed. (laughs) Yeah. Mate, what could have been now? I had no idea. That's incredible. So, there you have it. Massive thanks to Peter for sharing his football kit memories with me. You can follow me, my own collection on Instagram, or get in touch via Twitter or email. Do make sure you follow Peter too. All his socials are in the podcast notes. Please remember to like, subscribe and share. And other than that, I guess that's it. So until next time, I'll see you later.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.